This ain't your regular Hallmark kiss. Wow. Yeah. Elliot's glasses get knocked all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a gorgeous scene. Hey everybody, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark review podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we're recapping The Way Home, Episode 8, Love Fool, which by the way is a 1996 song from The Cardigans. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram. We are both at Megan and Wendy and at Girls Gone Hallmark. You can also jump into our private Facebook group called Girls Gone Hallmark. Nice community of people over there who uh, really enjoy Hallmark. Yes, we've had some new members recently, and welcome. Welcome. Quick bit of Girls Gone Hallmark housekeeping. Yeah. We had briefly debated the idea of not recapping Hallmark's new series ride, and then FOMO got us. I feel like we want to be a part of that movement. So. I I th- I think the FOMO got me. <laughs> I think you were down for it the whole time. But I was like, uh, I'm just, it's a very busy time of year for me right now. So like adding another show is like a lot, but I'm going to do it. I- I'm going to do it. The previews look real good. I'm excited about it. It is <clears throat> like the Girls Gone Hallmark review recap turnarounds are tight, which which doesn't help. Like we don't have a lot of time. We can't spread them out. We can't record them in advance. Although, how does it be at Hallmark? If you'd love to send us a screener. Yeah. Send a girl a screener. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Would change I, my life. I'm sure some of our other podcast counterparts get screeners. So Someone's got to. Why not us? Why not us? Yeah. Do you have a synopsis for Love Fool? I sure do. When an old friend returns, Alice realizes her relationship has no future. And Kat is shocked by family secrets. Del tries to take a chance with Byron. Okay. That's it. Does she? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. I think she <laughs> shut that shit down. But okay. We open on a, a foggy scene. Kat's running through the woods. She's at the farmhouse, and it's not quite clear what time period we're in yet, but uh, it appears that why do I have no one's home written down? Because no oh, one she was says home. That. <laughs> she I says know, she must say it. She does. I have it in quotation marks. She does. She, she peeks in the window. She opens the door. This this point, I'm like, oh, we're in the past, and she's just Goldilocksing her way into this house. <laughs> she takes a jacket off the hook and sniffs it, which leads me to believe it's Colton's jacket. Can I stop you there? Yeah. There, she, she sniffs a lot of stuff. She does. <laughs> I mean, I can understand if she misses her dad and whatever, and like she gets the essence of him, but it's happened a lot in the last well, couple episodes. This one makes more sense to me than the one we got previously with his yes. 23-year-old flannel shirt that is not going to retain the Colton essence any longer. Exactly. Exactly. You know, she's just kind of exploring. Uh, she sees a backpack, and then she sees the missing child posters on the table and has a flashback of looking at those posters with her father, who is having a hard time with them. She heads upstairs into her room. Again, we get another flashback of her listening to Alanis with Alice. She heads into Jacob's room. Another flashback of Jacob talking about saving up his coins for the carnival. And downstairs, we hear Dell and Colton enter the house. And this is the one I would be freaking out. Seriously, I have nightmares about, like, 
being in people's houses and them coming home. Right. <laughs> so this, this is not no, a big this, house. <laughs> exactly. She hides and, you know, they're arguing and Dell is, it's clear that Dell kind of wants Colton to let go a little bit. She wants them to be able to move on. Colton is clearly not ready. And we see Kat hiding in the basement. I want to know how she got there. And here's what's interesting. Uh, we hear Colton head downstairs and Dell yells, Kat will be home soon. Are you going to tell her what you're doing down there? What is he mm-hmm. doing down there? Oh, you didn't see? No. Okay. Well, first I thought, like, does he have his own murder board down there? But no, he had a cot down there in the basement. Oh, I didn't even see. Okay. So it appears to me that he's been sleeping in the basement and if Kat was unaware. Got it. Good job. Good Mm -hmm. catch. Thanks. The argument continues. Colton heads back upstairs, asks if they're just supposed to pretend like everything's fine, and Colton bounces. And we get the line that we see in the preview. Go ahead and leave. You both know you'd rather be anywhere but here. And off goes Colton in his truck. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. It feels unfair of Dell to tell her husband that he needs to give up or let it go or stop looking for his child who's been missing. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yes. I mean, people grieve all sorts of different ways. So... I'm going to say that, but I just felt like, man, let the man, he needs some closure. Mm-hmm. Come on, Dell. Yeah. And they're clearly not in this together. This isn't a moment that is connecting them. They're not bonding together over the search for their son. This is tearing them apart. And Dell wants to accept what the town seems to believe is that he fell off the cliff and was swept out to sea. Mm-hmm. And Colton is not ready to accept that because there's no actual evidence that that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've never been in this position before and I'm sure like a missing child or an ill child or whatever scenario is very hard on a marriage. For sure. And I do think there is a point at which you need to perhaps live your life. I'm not sure that point is three months after your child. Was I there, agree. Agree. Yeah. So we get an opening title and then it's present day. Alice is on the porch and Kat arrives home. Alice asks, what are you doing? You said you were done with the pond. Kat's clearly struggling. And she says, she just not, doesn't want to talk about it right now and heads inside. And Kat has a memory about Dell and Colton talking about Jacob's disappearance. Yes, and downstairs, Dell and Byron enter the kitchen. Byron is apparently going to stay with Dell to recuperate after his bookshelf falling incident. Mm-hmm. Dell asks Kat to keep Byron company, but Kat says, not going to do that. And she bounces. Yeah, I think she's a little uh, salty still <laughs> from getting yeah. shit canned from her job. So, yeah, um. and she's dealing with, like, in her mind, she's so focused on Dell and Colton. I think mm-hmm. Byron in her home is perhaps throwing yeah, her. That on top of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Kat goes outside and she's talking to Elliot about how she went to the house back in 99, which is really 2000, 2000. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All my notes say 99, but I guess it is 2000. Elliot's reaction is pretty normal, like... That's a terrible idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, broke dude, and entered. <laughs> don't go in the house. Yeah. She tells him how she overheard Dell and Colton arguing. And he says that, you know, grief probably had a lot to do with their problems in the relationship. And she's just really confused because she thought they were a solid front and had this fairy tale romance. And like, if they couldn't get through it, who who can? 
Yeah, and I take issue with that statement because this is not just the normal course of a marriage, right? It's not like the normal bumps that a relationship has. Like, they lost a child. It seems completely unremarkable to me that their marriage would fall apart in the wake of that. I agree. I agree. And to your point about it being not 1999 anymore, Elliot does say you could have gone to 2000 jail, like jail in 2000. Oh. So, anyway. <laughs> did he really say that? I did, yeah. did yeah. not catch that at yeah. all. That's funny. I just love, he's like just the, I just loved him. He's like, you are a strange woman in their house. You're not their daughter. I just, I really loved Elliot in that scene. Yeah, that's funny. Back at the farmhouse in present day, Rita drops by and Dell has this, oh no, reaction that just makes me laugh out loud. And um, Rita is with the Roxy ladies. I think their names are Joyce and June, but they never I, say them in this. Episode. I cannot remember. I was like the Roxy friends. Yeah, yeah. I cannot remember their names. And they got word that Dell has a house guest and they're there to spy like 15 year old girls. Rita jokes that they're shacking up. And they, she offers them tea, and they're like, how about a cocktail? And apparently, we cut to they're sipping some drink. Byron says it's something he used to make in cobble. It's totally unclear to me what the drink is. They're drinking out of mason jars. I had to rewind that scene because I thought he said Cabo, C-A-B-O. <laughs> and I was like, that's a weird drink from Mexico. And then, <laughs> and then I saw, I, I watched with the, uh, you know, the, oh, the, captions. the captions. And I was like, oh, not Cabo. Okay. <laughs> Very much not. <laughs> Alice comes downstairs and Dell tries to get Alice to join them and Alice doesn't want to and the old ladies immediately assume boy trouble like Alice has not said three words and they start meddling in her love life and they get her to sit down and join them for a game of poker and the next thing we have Kat walking through the woods forest I don't know what to call this yeah. area of land. And, she, and she's having memories of Colton and Dell being happy together. And she, we see her gazing into the pond. Like, is she going to go back? Is she going to go back? We cut Again? Back. <laughs> yeah. We cut back to poker. And Alice plays a royal flush. And a few seconds later, she's like, I didn't say I wasn't good. I just said I wasn't into it. Byron asks Alice some questions about her music. And Rita wants Alice to play at the grand opening of the Roxy, which apparently is reopening as some sort of music joint. And the ladies want to hear Alex play. And we get a knock at the door. Wait, I want to hold on because this scene had me interested in a few details. Okay. First of all, they talk about new owners at the Roxy. And you hear Dell say like, oh, I don't know if we're even going to support that. And I was like, that's weird. Why wouldn't they're a small business struggling for, uh, you know, consumerism? Yeah. Why wouldn't you support a new local business? I thought that was weird. Second, it was really cute because the old Roxy owners, they didn't care if they were having a new owner. And then they smooched. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I did like that, too. Yeah. And Dell, like they didn't shut down because they went out of business like they voluntarily retired and sold the Roxy to new owners like you yeah. want your town to have a thriving business. I know. I just thought it was so bizarre. Like, I'm like, well, is that going to are we going to are we laying the foundation for something else in the future? Mm. But mm. we'll see. We'll see. Like you said, somebody was at the door. Alice opens it. There's a man t with his back turned to her, but with a familiar jacket. Guess who turns around? Is Nick. And Alice is stunned. Yeah, I wrote, Alice is flabbergasted. 
<laughs> She's like, oh, you got old. Never hey, mind. I, no, she didn't I say think, that. <laughs> what do you think about adult Nick casting? Uh, spot on. Yeah, me too. Yeah, spot on. Pretty spot on. We cut to Alice talking to Kat about Nick, and Kat is a little relieved that Nick didn't remember her, but Alice is brokenhearted that he didn't remember her. And she talks about how unfair it is that she and Nick were doomed from the start. And she mentions her first love. And uh, Kat says she'll take care of it. And mentions like, you know, Alice is like, I think I need to go. And Kat goes, be with your best friend. And Kat goes back to 1999. Alice, Alice goes back, goes to, back to 1999. Yeah, like Kat gives her the, okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> go time travel. I'll go see you later. Fun, girl. <laughs> so such a weird storyline. Okay. Anyway, Kat comes into the house and Nick greets Kat. She wants to know how long he's in town for and if Elliot knows he's in town. And uh, he says, hey, yeah, the, we're all going out. And Kat's clearly concerned because she's worried that he's going to put the Alice's together. You know, like he's yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah, back in the year 2000, Alice arrives at Kat's house. Del and Colton are at opposite ends of the table and not talking, although they are lovely to Alice. They offer her dinner, say it's nice to see her. Um, And upstairs, Kat apologizes for her parents' behavior. Alanis Morissette is playing in the background. We're a few years late on this. Like, this is like a 1996 album, but it doesn't matter. And Kat... So she can't wait to get out of Port Haven. Things are not good here. She's going to apply to college to be closer to Brady. And this is the weirdest. It's not – the scene itself is not weird. But when you start thinking about it, it gets really weird because Kat – they say, like, I'd love to be able to talk to you when you're not here. And Kat asks Alice, did your dad let you get the internet yet? And Alice says, no, but y'all, you have landlines. This existed in the year mm-hmm. 2000. We still called people on the phone. Like, yeah, I like, had a corded phone in my dorm room in college and people left voicemails like we called people. Yeah, I don't understand why Kat isn't like, why can't I have your phone number? Like, like your mom's house and your dad's house and I can talk to you. Or, spoiler alert, here's my pager number. Page me yeah. and maybe whatever. Anyway. Yes. And then Kat says, you're the only person I know who's not on ICQ and whoa blast from the past y'all yeah see i have no idea what that is um i i thought while watching i was like oh they can't say aol but what is icq oh so it was a similar messaging service and it's the letters i c q meant to mean i s e e k y o u get it um and it the alert sound when you would get a message was, uh-oh. Oh, interesting. And, uh, I have to say that I was in – the in 2000, I was in college. We had ICQ, it was, but I was much more of an AOL instant messenger user. Anybody who had ICQ vividly remembers that sound. It's like Pavlovian. Yeah, I have no idea. That's, that's so funny. That's wild. Kat wants to go out and asks Alice about Nick – and Alice says she thinks she should break up with Nick. We cut to karaoke. present day. Yeah, present day. <clears throat> and we've got Kat and Nick and Elliot all together in a in a bar, in a karaoke bar. Um, and Elliot and Kat talk about Nick recognizing Alice while Nick is off getting drinks. And 
Kat points out it's 23 years in the future, 23 years in the past. For Alice, it's happening right now. So it's like the emotions are really strong for Alice. I want to say right now, I did not believe that Nick didn't recognize Alice. I just want to put that. Oh, did you? I have notes. It's not there yet. I will tell you when we get there why I think that. And Elliot asks about Kat. She says she's not doing great. Mentions the affair and Nick comes back. And he's like, Who, who's having an affair? And Kat's like, cheers to love being a total sham. Yeah. I. This is so – This that whole scene was like so weird to me because – I don't I don't get that the three of them were that close when they were in high school. Yeah, like Nick only seemed to be part of the group because of Alice. Exactly. And yeah. then he, you know, but it's fine. Whatever. Do I but believe Portnaven has a karaoke bar? I don't uh, think so. Right. It's gotta be like one of their bars has a random karaoke night, like the yeah. one bar in town. But we do know that Nick was in Elliot's wedding, so they were friendly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're back in 2000, and Alice and Kat meet up with Nick and Elliot at the point, and Alice wants to talk to Nick alone. Do, do, do. You know what that means. <laughs> yeah, can we talk? <sighs> back in present day, Del and Byron are in the kitchen, and Byron jokes that Rita is nicer when she's drinking, which also <laughs> makes me laugh. And Del asks Byron about the head injuries he alluded to earlier, and he says that they were the casualties of reporting from the front line in Kabul, not Cabo, and... <laughs> <laughs> that is also how his wife died, which is news to Dell. She did not know that A, he was married, and B, he is a widower. Well, hold and- up a second. This man has lived there for eight years, and they've never had a conversation with him about, like, oh, why are you single? What brought you here? Like, what's your deal? So Nothing? So many moments throughout this show, especially in the past couple of episodes, where it's like, have these people been frozen in time right up until the moment that Kat and Alice showed up. Right? I agree. And then Byron says it didn't feel right to wear a ring after her death, but we cut to, we see Dell, you know, twisting her wedding ring around her finger. Oh, uh, I that was oof. It wasn't shade. He was telling it from like his point of view, you yeah, know. Which is I don't valid, think, but she yeah, took it personally for sure. Yeah, I don't think he was trying to like offend her. No, 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 I don't either. We are back in 2000 at the point, and Alice and Nick are talking, and she breaks things off of them. He's not totally surprised because he said given her, like, infrequent visits, um, she gives him the hook bracelet back and uh, says she wishes things could be different. Kat and Elliot are at the counter, and uh, Kat's looking at the new pager that Brady got her, and I have, like, a secret code that he misses her. And I was trying to remember back in the day of pagers. I never had one, but I knew that there was codes. Why are you? I mean, because I didn't have a pager. I'm surprised. I had a cell phone. I'm a lot older than you. (laughs) I had a cell phone too, but it cost like $90 a month for 10 minutes. I mean, it was not a regular use situation. I just didn't have a need for a pager, apparently. Nobody was you know, paging me secret love codes. So (laughs) didn't, wasn't necessary. And I don't even remember like the codes, only 911 being an emergency. I don't remember anything else beyond that. So I don't, 143 is I love you, but I do not remember any of the other codes, but I do have a vivid memory of texting in code. I couldn't tell you what they 
were, but like paging people in code. Back in present day, they're at the bar and Kat is talking about how great Nick's job is and how wonderful it must be. And he says that, you know, keeping relationships is hard. And she goes on to ask if he remembers their childhood friend named Alice. Nick says he doesn't remember her, but that there's been so many women in his past. Mm -hmm. She doesn't stand out. Kat gets called up to the stage for karaoke. Uh, one of the, I guess it was Nick who signed her up, apparently. Yeah. She gets up and she sings Alanis's Jagged Little Pill. And I say, shout out. She has yeah. a great voice. She sounded great. I was a little bit worried. She sounded fantastic. Yeah. During this time where, like, now they're not watching their friend on stage, Nick tells Elliot he's gotten engaged. And they talk about Kat a little bit. And Nick asks when Elliot is finally going to make a move on Kat. And... During this time, there's a montage. We see uh, Alice come home post-breakup, and she, you know, post-breakup with Nick in 2000, and she lays on her bed like all teenagers do, and then Del is in her bedroom taking off her wedding ring. Does she take it off? I watched it, and I she was, like, know. twisting it around her finger, and I was like, did she take it off? Did she, it's, it's That's a good question. Ring. I don't know. It just so looks like having she's having some thoughts about her wedding Pondering. Ring, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. This past scene where, you know, Nick says, like, Alice didn't stand out. This is juxtaposed right after the previous scene where Alice breaks up with him. And when Alice leaves, Nick looks heartbroken at that table. And my thought in this moment where Nick's like, eh, she just didn't stand out. We didn't know until 30 seconds before that Alice is the one to officially end their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder if it's sour grapes. Like, Nick's like, screw this chick. She broke up with me. Right? Mm -hmm. Anyway. So he's like, I'm not going to act like I remember her. Like, oh, she didn't affect me. That was my thought. Anyway. Is that your clue that you were talking about that's earlier? What, that's, how, that's what I felt. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, after the commercial break, Nick drops off Elliot and Kat. And Kat's worried about having to break the news to Alice that Nick is engaged. And uh, they joke about there not being a handbook for this sort of thing. And Elliot has a great line. He's like, yeah, it's kind of a niche market. And again, this episode's pretty funny. Kat's holding a giant pizza. Elliot asks if she's going to share. She says, of course not. They share a bit of a moment. Elliot starts walking away, and Kat yells at him, would you just kiss me already? And Elliot goes, right now? And Kat's like, well, let's do it before it gets weird, and it's a little too late for that. And then Kat gets mean. She does, she is self-sabotaging so hard in this scene. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Just shut up and go inside. God, yes. lady. And Elliot says, well, I'm not going to do it while you're yelling at me. And great point, <laughs> Elliot. And then she just tries to implode the entire thing and yells, why whisk our friendship for something that's going to end badly? And Elliot looks heartbroken and says, I know you don't mean that. And end scene. Yeah, she was a real bitch in this mm -hmm. scene, I got to say. Next morning, Alice comes into the bedroom and Kat is brushing her hair. And she tells Alice that Nick is engaged and Alice is real upset. Alice tells Kat she broke up with her Nick mm -hmm. the night before. Kat says she remembers. And this is when my head cannot understand this time travel stuff because how does Kat remember that Alice broke up with Nick? But Kat doesn't remember anything else prior to this. Yeah. Remember, Alice was just a foggy memory. Uh-huh. That's a great point. So what? Like, what? What? Am I supposed to just ignore that stuff? I don't, I don't know. Alice is hurt that adult Nick doesn't remember her and Kat consoles her and tells her that those feelings were special and Kat goes on to tell Alice that 
She's going back to 1999, but doesn't want to give her any details on why and just to trust her. Yeah, I think these two need to, she needs to be communicated. Well, you know what? I take it back. What? I'm not sure that I would be telling Alice like, oh, I think your grandfather was having an affair, but I got to go prove that wrong. So yeah, come on, let's go be buddies on this, (laughs) you know. Let's go get arrested together. Back in 2000, (laughs) Dell is passive aggressively chopping wood. (laughs) Clearly, you know, this is one of those like, I said I would do it. She's like, I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she and Colton exchange words and off goes Colton once again. And Kat's peering around the corner and how she has not been caught. Like, it's a farm. There's nobody else around. You don't notice this other human like peeking over the truck. Peeping from behind the trash cans or something yeah and she hopped in the back of the truck you're telling me she did that noiselessly like she's got to get under the tarp in the truck anyway she hops in the truck and then off goes colton and we then have almost an identical scene present day Dell's chopping wood byron comes out and he asks if she ever slows down and they have a little nice moment he ends up getting a splinter which will lead to something else a little bit later on yeah, cut back to the year 2000. Colton pulls up in his truck to the motel and he gets out and he joins a man whose name is Morgan, who appears to be a PI, who tells Colton he has no new leads. And Colton is arguing he does not want to accept that there's no information. He offers him more money. This becomes very clear that this is where all the money has gone and the PI won't take it. He says, I can't in good faith do that. There's the, it's, it's a dead end. And he leaves. So, which here at this point, again, you have to wonder where the hell is Jacob? Yeah. Right? Because I think after the carnival episode, we kind of thought like, oh, maybe this is the end of the story. Like, he's just gone, right? But this is still bringing up more questions. Like, now you have a PI who had looked, and Colton's correct. He's like, if he would have went over the cliff, the ocean would have brought his body back to shore. Yeah, that's a hard line to hear him say. I know, totally. So I have to now wonder, like, where is Jacob? We, Who knows? Where is Jacob? Yeah. And I think this is, story is just going to continue into season two of I looking for right. Jacob. In this next scene, we're back in present day, and Dell is taking that splinter out of Byron's hand. They're sitting in the kitchen at the kitchen table, and he says nicely that he would like to kiss her, and she ends up dropping, like, the needle or whatever she was using to get the splinter out. And they, like, bump heads. And they have, like, this weird, super awkward interaction. And he wants to try again. And she tells him, you're sitting in Colton's chair. And I was like, way to kill the mood, mm-hmm. Del. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, well, we finally get some closure around her and Byron a little bit later in this episode. But I... I thought she w- has been flirting with Byron for since episode one, truthfully. And now she's decided she's like not into it. Yeah, she invited him to stay in her home. He's clearly not incapable of caring for himself. So she had to have done that out of some sort of affection for him. But this is another one of those has time stood still because – it's 23 years later. This seems like an outsized reaction to someone wanting to kiss you. Absolutely. Like six months later, sure. A year later, sure. 23 years later, you maybe have accepted yeah. like it's okay to kiss another person. Yeah. It's okay to move on, especially if she's, she's mad at Colton. 
Right. So not that that's any excuse to, but still, it's okay to move on. Mm-hmm. This scene cuts to Alice at the point with Zoe and Spencer, and they're holding hands. Told you. We did get a message on Instagram, and someone says that in episode one, they introduce each other at, like, Zoe is his girlfriend. Okay. Um, As I thought. But Spencer has not been... He made Alice dinner in the last episode or something. So yes. you know. is Zoe on another show? Is that why she's not in every episode with Spencer? Is Zoe time traveling too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alice gets up from the table to get something and she bumps into old Nick, congratulates him on his engagement. They have a bit of an awkward encounter. And back at the table, Zoe asks about the hot older guy. Yeah, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't be like, she had just been telling them that she broke up with Nick, this guy who lived out of town. She couldn't be like, that's my mom's friend, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what? Is that the dude you've been seeing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in 2000, Colton's reading the PI dossier on his boat and he's crying. He gets up and puts the paperwork, tucks it away in the boat and Del comes out to talk to Colton. And it's cold. She gives him a jacket to put on. And, she, you know, she's telling him at this time, like, it's close to dinner or whatever. And she walks away and he yells out, I love you, Delilah. And it, this scene breaks my heart because she pauses and then keeps walking, like, never turns around back to look at him. Yeah, this is such a misconnection because she came out with the jacket. Like, she was doing a loving thing for him. He returns that emotion, but they're not able to really receive those things from each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. yeah that was hard present day cat approaches elliot who's outside raking and what i really like is the last scene they had together is her yelling at him he's kind of upset by her words but when she rushes up soaking wet he's like what are you doing it's freezing you nut like he's kind of sweet to her still in this mm-hmm. moment and she says she knew it wasn't another woman in the past it was a pi and he gives wet cat his jacket and cat kisses Elliot. She's not waiting anymore. And it's a great kiss. It's like I wrote down this ain't your regular Hallmark kiss. Wow. Yeah. Elliot's glasses get knocked all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a gorgeous scene. There's gold, gorgeous, like golden hour with yeah. the sun. And it's like a pretty intense kiss. Cat says, I don't care about perfect. I just didn't want us to miss our moment. And then she says he has to go. And Elliot's like, what? Yeah. But throws his hands up in a bit of a victory celebration. Great scene. What was he expecting? He wanted her to stay and make out some more and maybe <laughs> and maybe more. Like, yeah. what is what? <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a funny scene though. His reaction at the end there was great, I thought. Yeah. We cut to a commercial, and then when we come back, we're in present day. Cat's looking through the boat for the dossier that, I'm sorry, the dossier that Colton had stashed. Of course, it's still there 23 years <laughs> freaking later. Nobody's gone through the boat in all this time. Again, uh-huh. time has stood still, right? She opens it in the next scene. She's showing Dell, and Dell's asking, like, where did you find this? Catherine, she's yeah. clearly upset with her. Cat explains that Colton wasn't having an affair, that he was just hurting and he'd spent all their money on a PI and and Dell just shuts it down. She stands firm that there was another woman and she says because the woman showed up at Colton's funeral and she saw her with her own eyes. 
Yeah, and this is where your theory, I 100% believe, is true, that it was Kat at the funeral. But how does Dell not realize that that woman was her daughter? I Do you think she has a strong vision of what that woman looked like? Yeah, her own daughter. I know, but it wasn't her... It was her daughter 23 years in the future. Okay, then how is Nick supposed to remember a girl from 23 years ago in the past? Well, but here's the difference. Alice is the exact same person that Nick knew in the past, right? Like, they're identical. Dell had never seen... So when Nick sees Alice in the future, he has seen her before. I when understand. Dell sees Kat in the past. She's never seen her before. So it's just this woman that she doesn't have any frame of reference. And I don't know. You think there's some sort of mother's intuition? I don't know. Kat never asked Alice for her phone number. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, you know, we're picking apart little things here, but okay. And present day Nick and Elliot, they are saying goodbye. Nick's leaving town back off to his fiance and alice is lurking in the bushes like mother like daughter (laughs) nick explains to elliot that he actually lied to cat the other night about remembering alice he tells elliot that cat's alice reminds him of old alice but thinks it's creepy and didn't want to say anything to cat and alice who is obviously an earshot seems very pleased with this new information Yeah, because he says, you never forget your first love. And I think that's all she needed to know that it was mutual. He loved her, too. And, yeah, it'd be super creepy to be like, as a 40-year-old man, your 15-year-old daughter reminds me of a girl I loved in high school. Yeah. He's not wrong. I'd be like, "Mm, you're leaving now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So now I wonder if this is going to open the door to Spencer. Now, Kat has now had closure on Nick, so perhaps now we're going to explore the Spencer situation. Homewrecker Alice. Yikes. Shots fired. (laughs) Well, I mean, he has a girlfriend, although Spencer is really the one who needs to be responsible for that. At the farmhouse, Del finds Byron packing. He says she doesn't have room for him, and clearly he means in her heart, not in her home. He says, you need to heal and accept things, and Del... Thanks him for mansplaining grief to her. But come on, Del. He's not wrong. Right. You have not fully healed. And Del says you shouldn't have to try so hard if it's the right person. And ouch, I really wanted it to be Byron. Yeah, me too. But Del's just all wrong in this situation. It makes makes me not like her in this episode. Yeah, this and her reaction to Kat with the PI dossier, both Mm -hmm. those really bumped her down for me. Agree. Alice and Kat are on the porch and they're talking and Kat's looking at the dossier and Alice wants to know if Kat got more answers, but she tells her it's led to more questions. We see Byron come outside. He tells the girls to be good to Dell and he he gets into a cab. <laughs> We're in a small freaking town. No one can drive this man home. Rita can't come over and get him. He has no other friends. What is happening? He drives away in the cab and Dell's out on the porch now and she's watching the cab drive away and then has a flashback memory scene to Colton's truck driving away. Yeah. And my first reaction to those comparisons are like, that's not fair, right? But she drove them both 
away. Mm-hmm. She was pushing them both away. Right. Because I felt like it wasn't fair to compare Byron to Colton, but I think it is fair to compare them in that those were a direct result of her actions. They both care for her, and she just pushes them away. Yeah, question. When Del tells Kat that there was another woman at the funeral, why doesn't Kat assume that it's her? Like, Kat still seems to be really grappling with what it means to be a time traveler. Mm-hmm. Like, when she arrives at the carnival and drops the bike on the ground and turns around and she's like, whoa, it was me. I was here all the time. Okay, now that we have that realization, mm-hmm. why isn't it occurring to you that you're also in these future moments? Anyway. Right. No, you're right. This is where I'm like, I can't. I don't understand. <laughs> Get a little bit of a preview of some rough moments coming and Alice having to live through the loss of her grandfather, Kat having to relive that. Yes. And there's a scene where Colton opens the door and Kat is standing there. And I told you two episodes ago, she's going to be the quote unquote other woman. Yeah. I mean, I think that's her at the funeral too, based on that. But a hundred percent. Let's talk about homie of the week. Yeah, go for it. Um, I think it is adult Cat Landry. Yeah. First her two-time winner. Two-timer. <laughs> First two-time homie of the week. Yeah. Just because, you know, she's trying to clear Colton's name. And she's also... What, what else does she do? <laughs> well, she's a great oh, mom. She really shows up for Alice here. You're right. She's really connecting with Alice here finally. Finally. Those two had been really missing each other. You know, finally they're on the same page. Yeah, that conversation they have while she's brushing Alice's hair is really sweet and really hard as the mom to have to be like, I'm going to say this to you and it's going to suck, but it's information that you need and I'm here for you. And I I just really like mom, Kat as mom in this show. I agree. And I'm finally glad that like she went for it with Elliot. Yes. Yes. An excellent, another excellent point for homie of the week. Notice in the 90s. I know. I mean, we got the uh, pager. Observed in the aughts. Observed in the aughts. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pager. We and got ICQ. Yeah. Anything else? We got Alanis. Yeah. Not that many this week. Not that many. Enough. The creators of this show clearly like music. Like, mm-hmm. they've made both the titles of the episodes and the music within the episodes really key to the show, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I am enjoying. Yeah, me that too. That they're getting the rights to these actual songs. Yes, me too. All right, two more episodes of The Way Home. I think you're right. We're going to have more questions than answers about Jacob specifically at the end of this I mean, this they, can't, they can't answer it by the end of the season. No, we've, we're so focused on, like, the ride up to Colton's death that I think there's going to be a lot left unsaid. Mm -hmm. I do want to say that what I think about this episode is Kat all along had felt like her parents were blaming her for the loss of Jacob and they were shutting her out. And what I feel like it seems clear is happening to me is they're not so much blaming her as they're so stuck in their own muck that they cannot see that their daughter still needs them as well. Like they're so tied up in the mess that is their relationship and trying to figure out how to navigate that moving forward. And Kat's just kind of getting lost in the shuffle. That's what I think. You know what I'm kind of afraid of? I hope they don't start time traveling to different eras in the future. 
Oh yeah. Like I don't want them to go back like in you know back to the future when they go to the western days or whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, Alice and Cat like as far as we know, Alice was Cat's high school best friend. Like they don't go to college together. Yeah, so you're right. What is going to happen? I don't know. Lots of questions. So many questions. Make sure to come back next week for a brand new recap. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you in our Facebook group. We will be back on Friday with a brand new Girls Gone Hallmark bonus review. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.